As the Take Our Border Back convoy heads to the Rio Grande, security concerns grow in Eagle Pass. The threat that have local, local law enforcement on high alert. And a few severe storms are expected in our area later this evening. We have a new timeline so you can plan around them in first warning weather. The U.S. launches retaliatory strikes overseas as the bodies of three U.S. service members are returned home. All week, we follow the Take Our Border Back convoy, which has been making its way from cities on the East Coast toward Eagle Pass. Uh, Eagle Pass and the surrounding area have been at the center of the state's border battle with the Biden administration ever since Governor Abbott took control of Shelby Park, a popular spot for migrants to illegally cross into the U.S. Now, the convoy is expected to arrive in Eagle Pass sometime tonight after leaving Dripping Springs this morning. Right now, law enforcement in Eagle Pass is dealing with several other concerns, namely credible threats from extremists looking to potentially take advantage of the convoy's presence. Sources tell News Nation that an immigration facility just outside of Eagle Pass is being targeted by a group of men with white supremacist ties that wants to take it down, quote, by any means necessary. The migrants there were evacuated last night and taken to other facilities. The FBI was alerted to these threats and says an alleged attack could take place anytime between now and Monday. With everything going on in Eagle Pass this weekend, some who live there are raising concerns. They're moving everything to Quemado. And, um, you know, if, if, if you're here, if you don't know Quemado, we're a really, really small community. We have a lot of farmland and a lot of rural roads and, uh, like, where are all these trucks going to park, these people? Are you going to be up and down my road? And, you know, like, uh, you know, if there's a little bit of people that are going to protest, you know, what do we prepare for? Well, meanwhile, an opposition group is at the border ready to confront the convoy when they arrive in Eagle Pass. The progressive Christian organization Vote Common Good says the convoy, quote, uses their faith as a weapon to legitimize racism, xenophobia, and potential violence. The group says it hopes to educate people on the dangers of Christian nationalism. At a news conference in Eagle Pass, a business owner spoke on why the convoy's arrival is troubling for his town. Certain groups claiming to be an army of God are coming to our community to spread hate and to spread dissension. And I just, I'm troubled by that because this is not who we are. We need this to stop. And there's only one individual that can stop this. And that is our governor. Now, speaking of the governor, he's actually headed to Eagle Pass this weekend as well. He's going to be joined by 14 other governors at Shelby Park on Sunday. Turning now to the weather, I'm sure everybody has seen how gray it is outside right now. We have Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans here with a look at heavy rain and some wind coming our way tonight. Yeah, severe weather season is just a month away in March, so we're going to get a little warm-up round mm -hmm. tonight. Okay. We may see a stormy Friday night for many of us. Here we are, kind of the calm before the storm. Cloudy, a little cooler today up in Liberty Hill, 64 on the Whittlesea Landscape Supply weather cam. Sometimes clouds like this and cooler temperatures can limit the amount of energy available for storms that come later. We'll see how this plays out. Shouldn't be a terribly widespread event, but we may see some pretty disruptive rain. 
Radar showing a few scattered showers out to the west and to the east of Austin, but not much going on right now in Travis County after we saw a little rain earlier. A couple thunderstorms actually between Flatonia, Schulenburg, and Weimar in the I-10 corridor. These are cruising northeastward toward LaGrange into Fayetteville and northeastern Fayette County shortly. Nothing expected to be severe, at least for the not, uh, next couple of hours, but later this evening into the overnight hours, we have now seen an escalation in the threat of some scattered severe storms, especially in this yellow color, a two out of five risk from Austin through the Hill Country. Coming up, we have a new timeline of how this plays out and what your weekend looks like behind it. Hi, David. Thank you very much. New this evening, the U.S. has launched a series of strikes in the Middle East in response to the deadly attack carried out by Iran-backed militants that killed three American soldiers. Now, word of the strikes came just after the bodies of the U.S. service members returned home. NBC's Alice Barr reports. The United States has launched attacks against more than 85 Iran-backed targets in Iraq and Syria. The first retaliatory strikes for the killing of three American service members, according to U.S. Central Command. Biden administration officials have promised a multi-tiered and sustained response, while also stressing they do not seek a wider war with Iran. An Iranian-backed militia group claimed responsibility for the drone attack on a U.S military base in Jordan that killed Army Reserve Sergeants Kennedy Sanders, William Rivers, and Brianna Moffitt. News of the U.S. strikes came just hours after President Biden and the First Lady received the fallen soldiers' remains as they returned to U.S. soil. The president meeting privately with the soldiers' families. On Thursday, he publicly honored their memory. They risked it all and will never forget the sacrifices and service to our country. Sergeant Sanders and Moffitt, who were only in their 20s, were promoted posthumously. Their parents spoke this week about their heartbreak. We wasn't there for her, you know, but she, she knew that we loved her so much. And their deep pride. She gave the ultimate sacrifice. Um, she is a hero. A day of mourning in the U.S., underscoring the stakes in the Middle East, rocked by conflict and simmering tensions. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. And this is the second dignified transfer President Biden has attended since taking office. The first was for 13 American service members killed in a 2021 terrorist attack in Kabul during the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. The U.S. House Judiciary Committee has subpoenaed the Georgia DA who indicted former President Trump on election interference charges. That subpoena demands documents from Fulton County DA Fannie Willis's office following allegations that she fired a whistleblower who tried to stop a top campaign aide from misusing federal funds. A committee chairman says Willis failed to comply with two earlier requests for documents. The subpoena is part of a larger probe by House Republicans into whether Willis used federal funds in conducting her more than two-year investigation into former President Trump. Willis also faces broader security related to her prosecution of Trump. A co-defendant in the cases alleges Willis improperly benefited from the hiring of a special prosecutor who is alleged to be Willis's romantic partner. In a 176-page filing today, Willis acknowledged having a personal relationship with that special prosecutor. She maintains the relationship hasn't corrupted her ability to oversee the case. Well, former President Trump's federal election interference trial has been delayed. In a court order released today, the judge wrote the trial will no longer begin on March 4th. The ruling comes as the Washington, D.C. Circuit Court has not yet decided on whether the former president is immune from prosecution. 
Now, it's unclear when the trial will now start, but the judge says she will set a new date after Trump's immunity appeal is resolved. We'll meet two Olympic hopefuls with their sights set on making their debut on the USA shooting team this summer. Uh, they're staying focused and handling the pressure as they take their shot at Olympic glory. Plus the delay in financial aid forms pushing college offers behind by weeks. Why this latest delay spells trouble for incoming college students. And an asteroid the size of a skyscraper passing by Earth today. Why NASA says you shouldn't worry about the colossal rock. Well, job growth across the United States saw a surprise increase throughout last month. According to the Labor Department, 353,000 jobs were added throughout January, much better than the Dow Jones estimate of 185,000. The unemployment rate also held steady at 3.7% against the estimate of 3.8%. Wage growth also showed some strength as average hourly earnings increased by double the monthly estimate. While the report demonstrated the resilience of the U.S. economy, it could also raise questions about how soon the Federal Reserve will be able to lower interest rates. Big changes to financial aid forms are causing long delays, giving colleges less time to figure out offer letters. And for the students, it gives them just weeks to make a decision. Colleges across the country were preparing to receive millions of FAFSA forms this week so they could start sending offers to students. But the forms never showed up. On Tuesday, the Education Department announced the forms won't go out until the middle of March, which creates a six-week delay on top of an already existing delay. The Education Department says this latest delay happened because the system they used to calculate financial aid didn't include the latest inflation adjustments. This could create problems later in the spring as students may not get an offer until late April and many colleges have a deadline of May 1st when students have to decide which school they want to attend. Well, no significant rain quite yet. Only one one hundredth of an inch today at Camp Maybury. Two hundredths so far at the airport. But this is not how we will end it. Significant rain coming overnight and a risk of severe weather. We'll have the timeline and your weekend outlook after this. Less than six months to go until the 2024 Olympics and for USA shooting, it's an opportunity to build on the success from the 2020 games in Tokyo. Team USA earned six medals, their best performance since 1964. Matt Barnes talked with two shooters hoping to make their Olympic debuts in this week's Journey to Paris. Before it was all about just how much can you train and now it's like how smart can I train? What do I really need to prioritize uh, to be able to walk up on the line? and be ready to shoot the very best that I possibly can. It takes a steady hand and a steady mind to be successful in shooting. Sarah Beard knows that well. You know, I've been shooting a while now. This will be kind of the third tryouts that I'll really be um, hitting hard. Uh, feel very prepared and uh, really excited, honestly. I think before I was like just, just pure nerves. Um, and now it's like excited. I feel really trained up and really ready to go. The Army captain competes in air rifle and small bore rifle. If she qualifies for the games, she will be the second Olympian from her family, joining her dad who competed in 1984. He never actually, uh, never asked me to start shooting, never said like, hey, let's go to the range, anything like that. I had to beg him to start shooting. Um, and he took me to a match a long time ago, and I just fell in love with the sport. Rylan Kissel also has his sights set on Paris, and in his first real go at getting an Olympic spot, he's learning how to best prepare himself. I think I'm sitting in a good spot, but I need to find the right line between pushing too hard and maybe not pushing enough. Um, I think that's one of the hardest things for shooters to do is because there's a very fine line between I'm trying too hard to get this done and it kind of deteriorates a little bit or I'm not trying hard enough. 
Ryland took second in the Pan American Games in air rifle last fall and second in the U.S. Olympic trials earlier this month. He's not on Team USA yet, but he's on target if he can handle the pressure when the time comes. The pressure can get to you sometimes. Um, I think the only thing you can really do is learn from those experiences and train to make yourself better the next time you're in that position because there will be another time. On the journey to Paris, I'm Matt Barnes. The next round of Olympic trials for shooting comes in March, and the full USA shooting team will be announced coming up this summer. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, cloudy and a bit cooler as we wait on some big Friday night storms that'll be rocking the area within just hours. There's downtown from the Lorenz and Lorenz 360 cam. Low clouds, all this moisture in the atmosphere priming us for what's to come tonight. We do have some showers out in the hill country. Not much right now in Austin. A few thunderstorms out in Fayette and Lee County as well. Here's some moderate rain on 290 just east of Fredericksburg, close to Stonewall, up 16 toward Enchanted Rock. Down in southwest Texas, here's a new view at the area that I'm watching. Some strong storms crossing the Rio Grande into Del Rio. Look at all this lightning and those red colors. This is the area of convection or of thunderstorms, as we say, that's moving into our area and could cause some problems tonight. Now, I'll tell you, this is not anything to get worried over. It's not going to be a widespread tornado outbreak or anything, but the threat of seeing some severe weather has increased a bit today. Hail, the main concern, an elevated threat up to ping pong ball size from Austin and Caldwell County westward. Notice uh, gusty winds up to 60 miles an hour, an isolated tornado, also possible area-wide, but the threat of those on the scale is a bit lower. It is also possible that we see some minor flooding, but that should remain minor. The flash flood threat tonight, just a one out of four. Notice all the rain starting to bubble up across the state. This is just the beginning as that powerful West Coast storm moves through the desert southwest into Texas. There's the area that I just showed you on a close-up radar, and this is the batch of storms that causes some trouble here tonight. So here's the latest high-resolution timeline, what happens when, and this model is updated every hour, so it has the best information most of the time. Here we are now with some scattered light showers. That's about all we see through 7, 7.30, but by 8 o'clock, Notice out in the hill country, those are those Rio Grande storms making it into our area by 8 p.m., 9 p.m. A couple of these guys well west of Austin still, not interfering with your concert quite yet. They may have some hail, maybe some wind damage, and yes, a brief tornado is possible. Let's fast forward another hour or two. 10 p.m., most of the action still west. By 11 p.m. and midnight, though, storms really start to move into the Austin area, and a few of these purple ones shown by the forecast radar, the ones that I'm a bit concerned about. Here we are at 1 a.m. Notice these lines with a little bit of a bow to it. That may be indicative of some damaging straight line winds. They'll be rocking through the Austin metro, really through the overnight hours into our eastern counties, 2, 3 a.m. Now by 3 o'clock and there uh, and forward from that point, the rain really starts to wind down from Austin to the hill country. Storms even exit our eastern counties long before you wake up and before sunrise tomorrow. A few folks are going to get two, three inches of rain tonight. It's just hard to pick out exactly where those storms may set up. Overall, I'd bet on about an inch in many areas, which is wonderful and kind of rare, honestly, this time of the year. Tonight's forecast, a risk of severe storms, a 100% guarantee of rain at times. Winds variable and gusty close to the storms. But tomorrow, don't be scared by tonight's forecast. It's going to be a wonderful weekend, 72 with breezy, dry west winds and lots of sunshine through Saturday. Now on Sunday, things get a little windier. Behind a weak cool front, highs drop into the 60s. A wind advisory expected with gusts up to 40 or 50 miles an hour. That's wind to plan around on Sunday, even on an otherwise beautiful 
beautiful day. After that, the breezy winds continue on Monday. Gorgeous weather, though, for much of next week. Nighttime lows drop into the lower 40s by Monday night, but things warm up by Thursday and Friday back into the 70s. All right, David, thank you very much. If you're looking to vote in next month's primary, you're running out of time to make sure that you're registered. The deadline is this coming Monday. Now, if you aren't sure whether you're signed up to vote or you still need to register, KXAN's Christopher Adams has some helpful tips over on this story at KXAN.com. Scientists turned snake charmers out in Costa Rica working on a creative solution to producing anti-venom treatment. We'll explain how horses are playing a part in saving lives around the world. Cuomo tonight, East Palestine, one year later. The massive train derailment. The lingering concerns over health, homes, and the future. Cuomo tonight, 8, 7 central. To find News Nation, go to joinnn.com. Tonight, Dan's all-star panel is at it again, tackling all things crime. Breaking down the details from Alex Murdoch's retrial hearing, Jennifer Crumley's trial testimony, and the deepening mystery behind the deaths of three Kansas City Chiefs fans. That's tonight on Dan Abrams Live, starting at 9 Eastern. And to find News Nation, go to joinnn.com. It's a bird, it's a plane. Well, actually, no, it is a skyscraper-sized asteroid zipping past our planet about 1.7 million miles away. An asteroid about the size of the Empire State Building is streaking past us today. And even though, in technical terms, astronomers consider this a close approach, don't worry, we are well out of harm's way, with the Associated Press saying it will pass by with seven times the distance between the Earth and Moon. It will be a while before the asteroid approaches us again. Astronomers estimate it won't be back our way until 2032. Well, over 5 million people are bitten by snakes every year, leading to as many as 138,000 deaths, according to the World Health Organization. Uh, with a lack of anti-venom treatments worldwide, scientists are getting creative to save lives. Researchers at an institute in Costa Rica are breeding poisonous snakes and injecting small doses of their venom into horses. You see, horses have strong immune systems that convert venom into powerful antibodies. And then they're packaged and available to treat humans. The scientists on the project say there isn't a known long-term effect on the horses. The institute creates up to 150,000 doses of the anti-venom each year, which are then exported all over the world. Well, going in depth, if you've ever had to help a person suffering from a venomous snake bite, Austin Travis County EMS has some tips for you. They say you should keep the person still and calm, and that can help slow down the spread of the venom. And if you can't get them to the ER right away, apply first aid by laying the person down, keeping the bite below the level of their heart. You should also wash the wound with warm, soapy water as soon as possible, and then cover the bite with a clean, dry dressing. Also be sure to also note the color and pattern of the snake itself so you can describe it to emergency workers. I had to look away during that story. Okay, this next one, perhaps fun for a child, but it is a parent's nightmare. A three-year-old boy had to be rescued after getting stuck in a claw machine at an Australian shopping center. Now, body cam footage released by Queensland police shows the toddler stuck inside a Hello Kitty claw machine. The boy's dad encouraged him to go to the corner of the machine and then cover his eyes before police smashed through the glass to pull him out safely. And in case you were wondering, the boy did get to pick out a toy from the machine after all was said and done. I'm still wondering how he made his way in there. <laughs> yeah, that's, 
Uh, yeah, I'm baffled. I don't know. <laughs> All right, well, coming up tonight on KXN, we have an episode of Transplant starting at 7, and then it's Dateline beginning at 8. And finally, you can join us back here for KXN News at 10. Toddlers really are something. You can join us an hour earlier for KXN News at 9 on CW Austin, and here is where to find us over the air or through your television provider.